Hello and welcome to Science Unscripted. It's Connor here. And Gabe. And boy, what a relief to be sitting with you. Oh, that part. Okay, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you back. I thought relief was connected. For professional connected. reasons and for personal reasons. I understand both. I thought you meant the, the <laughs> fact that like to be in 2024 now oh, together yeah. was like a relief. I don't oh, know. Oh, that we made it past 2023? Yeah. And survived? Yeah, fresh start. We're still living and respirating? Yeah, so I'll do my best here. A couple of things on our physical conditions, plural. Mm -hmm. You might have mentioned this, Gabe. I haven't caught up with the old podcast. I haven't but, said a thing. Or the old radio said, broadcast. But um, I'm severely jet lagged. Okay. Severely. Yeah. Woke up at 2.15 a.m. today and did I'm still... Did you manage to get back to sleep after waking up at 2.15 a.m.? No, or did no, you no. stay up? No, no. Then I, would have, then I would have said that very differently. I would have said, I woke up at 2.15 and then I went back to bed. What? I, what did you do from 2.15 onwards? This, what time is it now? This is so, this is so embarrassing. It's 11.25 a.m. This is so embarrassing um, because I ridicule shows like this, but my daughter wanted to watch it. She was up. I, I might have woken her in the middle of the night. She has jet lag. Yeah. She's 11. And she absolutely love, loves the show. I think it's called Is It Cake? Have you, have you seen those? No. It's where contestants who make really good realistic looking cakes... <laughs> that look like objects like these headphones I'm wearing right now, mm -hmm. they can make them out of cake. And then it would be set next to real headphones. And then a jury comes on <laughs> and they have to say like, wait, is that real? Are those real headphones or is that cake headphones? And that is the crux of the show? That's the whole show. Well, and then the, the bakers are competing against each other for, for a prize at the end. And I thought this was the most vapid, foolish content in the world yeah. and i can understand the allure after watching it i don't know a couple episodes between 2 a.m and, and 5 a.m this morning are yeah. you guys going to be making any ob cake objects no objects out of cake no now? no no this was just pure visual right. consumption no no learning happening uh yeah anyway so that's where i'm at yeah we'll hopefully be back in action uh at least before <laughs> we interview someone here or talk science but yeah, yeah. Little jet lagged. I burned my hair off. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You yeah. you can't see this. People listening to this, Gabe had uh, I don't know hair that was maybe two inches long, six know, it was centimeters. Full, it was a full head of hair. Yeah, and now it's much shorter, and it's not even because you 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 burned it. I burned my hair off. Well, I've been making this pizza oven out of brick in the backyard. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, and I fired it up for the first time, and um, the pizza wasn't getting hot. I had a fire going in the corner. But the pizza wasn't getting hot, so I tried it, to... Uh, real quick, uh, all right, I don't... Do a lot of people make pizza in a pizza oven <laughs> in the dead of winter? Because <laughs> I, I don't think that's like when I visualize people making pizza in their outdoor pizza oven. It's not December, January. Doesn't matter. I was trying to get the pizza as close as I possibly could to the fire, but it was back in there. So I had to get in the oven. Yeah. Yeah? And it just blasted my hair off. A actual fire or just the heat? It's, the heat it, did it. The, the heat... heat. Melted the, the hair. Yeah. Well, it was probably the tip of the flame, which is probably the hottest part, I guess. I think it's the base of the flame, but whatever. You, you doesn't have, matter. You have a lot of heat doesn't going matter. It burned my hair off, and it, I, you know, it's a sound. It also starts smelling right away, and it, it didn't hurt. Yeah. It didn't hurt. I burned all, all the front part of my hair off. <laughs> didn't hurt at all. <laughs> it's just, you know, it didn't look great. And I went, I went back in with, with cold pizza, glump of dough, just awful pizza and no hair and... <laughs> Yeah, but it's good to have you back, man. Yeah, it's good to be back. Um, you were in the you were in Seattle. Yeah, you How was, was that around the area. Yeah, it was it was really nice. It's you know it's different being home in wintertime. Just a different feeling than being there in summertime. Hmm. Uh, went over to where there was snow for a while. Saw a lot of friends. Saw a lot of family. I managed to see my grandpa three different times, which was important to me because he's 
Because he lost his bride, yeah. Yeah, yeah, lost his wife of 70 years yeah. last year. And um, yeah, I checked in with him, checked in with a lot of people. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm severely jet-lagged from that experience. I got a little cocky, I think, flying back during the, the summery months last yeah. year on my own. Because, of course, with a lot of daylight, I think your body adjusts more quickly. Um, and right now I'm in, in the thick of it, yeah. And you had your parents coming over here. They're still here. They're, they, oh, they're, okay. They're, they're leaving on Saturday. Yeah, they were here the whole time. Christmas, New Year's. We had a great time. Best Christmas ever. Really? Presents all over the place. You know, kids got video games that they've been waiting for for a long time. <laughs> and uh, Ava and Lynn, my two older daughters, are going to go to Olivia Rodrigo. That 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 was the yeah. big, big time present. So she's coming to Germany. She's coming to Cologne this summer. Cool. Yeah, uh, in one of the in the stadium here, and so that's going to be big. And um, New Year's, we did a bunch of dancing. Fireworks here in Germany are a little different than Wisconsin. Yeah, one so thing, I spent the time, you know, cuddling with Beavis, the Dalmatian, because he's a little, he's antsy dog. Your dog, yeah. yeah. But everyone else was on the street, you know, watching the fireworks. Yeah, I think for a lot of people out there, especially the, well, the Americans, uh, there's a big difference here in Germany. In fact, I, I was I was not literally blown away, haha. But huh. New Year's Eve, because we blow off most of our fireworks on Independence Day, the Fourth of July in the United States. Yeah. New Year's Eve is relatively tame compared to the chaos of the firework uh, Armageddon Armageddon I've never in, seen anything like cities. it yeah. yeah especially in the cities where you would imagine there to be more rules about yeah. where whether or where you can shoot off fireworks none people are shooting them bouncing them off apartment buildings it is an experience that you have never had yeah. if you're in a german city on new year's eve it will <laughs> like you said before absolutely blew you away it can be horrible it can be absolutely horrible a kid in koblenz a young guy died Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, okay. there were 32 eye, emergency eye operations in the state that we're living. It's serious. Yeah. They shoot rockets, not straight up in the air. They sideways. shoot them straight sideways. Yeah, yeah. And so see what happens. So I, I don't know. I guess we've suddenly started advocating participating in a dangerous event. Yeah. If you choose to be here at that time, yeah, bring pr- protective eyewear. <laughs> and maybe, in, I don't know, wear a suit of armor. No, uh, but it's, yeah, it's kind of fun. We will leave it at that. For now, because mm-hmm. we have a lot of science to talk about. Just wanted to update everyone very quickly on where we're at. Um, we're back. emails about the show the last show when you weren't here connor we, we talked about status symbols and how they're changing with a researcher out of dusseldorf they're becoming over time more immaterial that's okay yeah yeah so it's not the the, the porsche or the mercedes-benz experiences that I'm, that I'm that i'm driving or the watch i've got on my arm it's more lifestyle uh like for instance eating vegan uh or having more time it's that Travel? That's how you can, yeah, where you've been, what you know, that's how you gotcha. express yeah. your your rank in society, as it were. And, and we got from one of our listeners here, said, Hi, Gabe, I loved, loved your show about status symbols. My symbol is my 1982 VW Vanagon Westphalia camper van. Oh, nice. 
It doesn't have granite kitchen countertops, a full bathroom, king-size slide-out beds, or air conditioning. Heck, it doesn't even have cup holders. But she still loves it. Well, it is, it is a status symbol. If you drive that vehicle, I know what yeah. kind of lifestyle you probably lead. It's yeah, like, yeah I, can, I can see that. Yeah. And then there was the guy who said, I, I listen to Science Unscripted. That is my status symbol. That is probably, for a lot of people, the biggest status symbol out there. If you listen to the show and you talk to people about it, your social status, your social stock rises. There's no other way to put it. We got a final email here, um, or the final one we're going to read anyway, from deep in the Rocky Mountains, the U.S. Rocky Mountains. Yeah. And uh, just listen to your podcast. Randall says, by definition, I don't know what to call my lifestyle. My sixth grade teacher said I needed more than one friend. I said no. My choice no desire for politics, religion, friends, money, cars beyond transportation, cities, sport teams, colleges with reputations, marriage, children, alcohol, smoking, or drugs. What I do care about, the environment, different cultures, traveling, staying in hostels, Zimmers, I think like the German word Zimmers. I don't know what that means. Like Using rooms or yeah, wood? Or? I, I don't know what that means. Using my body for po- my body power for hiking, et cetera, et cetera, backcountry skiing. And this part I really like. Have a good heart. Help people, friends and strangers. Never angry, just twice in my life. Airline pilot for 42 years. Instructor pilot, went home happy every night, giving 100%. And there's more, but that's enough. Appreciate your show. Listen a lot. Wow, Randall. Can you imagine being able to count the amount of times you were angry in your life on one hand? Oh, I'd need a lot of hands. (laughs) I'd need dozens and... Dozens and Tentacles. dozens of hands, lots of fingers. Okay, we got some signs. Yeah, what, what do we start with, me? Um, no, let me start with one on... Uh, You've got two there. I've, I've, I've just got one. Yeah. and got a quickie. And this one, I think, is really important for uh, almost half the human population. Uh, oh. And this is related to morning sickness associated with pregnancy. 70% of human pregnancies include morning sickness, nausea, and vomiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really debilitating. Uh, at, at best, at worst, you can actually be hospitalized. One statistic that I couldn't believe is that it, this is the leading cause of hospitalization in early pregnancy and the second uh, leading cause of hospitalization during a pregnancy overall. So this is serious, okay. Yeah. And uh, there haven't been very many advances figuring out what, what's going on there or how to, how to treat it or cure it. This is a big breakthrough published in Nature. Mm-hmm. And they have connected it to a hormone. This is GDF-15. And um, it is associated with, you can see if, if you take the blood of a, wo- a woman who's pregnant, you'll see elevated levels of GDF-15. In, in all pregnant women, this, this happens. This goes GDF-15, up. Okay. GDF-15, okay. GDF-15 goes up. And some people or some women react negatively to it and some other, others don't? Or Correct. That's what's interesting. Okay. Why is that the case? And, yeah. and to be clear here, the causal factor, what they believe is the causal factor, is that it's just really abundant, this GDF-15 mRNA in placental mRNA, way more than other tissues, and then it's just kind of, I don't know, dispersing throughout the body. Mm -hmm. So what they did is first they looked at the outlier women in in this case. The ones who don't get morning sickness. Or who get it really badly. Well, what they did is they took a bunch of mice and they divided them into two groups. You got the control group, they're getting nothing. And they elevated in some mice uh, their levels of GDF-15. Before pregnancy. Uh, in this case, they didn't actually get them pregnant because okay. one way of measuring how GDF-15 affects you is just nausea and vomiting. And in this case, specifically with mice, do they want to eat, yeah. right? Because yeah, 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 yeah. nobody wants to eat when they're nauseous. No. In the mice who had previously been exposed to it, they dealt with it better. They still ate more food. 
Okay. Not not as much food, but they ate. They they were doing better. The mice who hadn't been exposed to this stuff beforehand, they're like, clutch anything. keep that bol- Swiss cheese. No, bolus is the my new word. It was a bolus of food, a bo- <laughs> a little ball of mouse food. Yeah. Keep that bolus out of my face. I don't want it. So what they have kind of shown here, demonstrated here, is that yes, this this probably is the causal factor of the nausea. Yeah. This suggests not only a prevention which in, in this case, people who have low levels of GDF-15 could be given increasingly high doses of the hormone leading up to pregnancy while or? trying to conceive. Okay, got it. So this could be part of the future. Oh, we want to get pregnant. Okay, then take this pill. Yeah, yeah. Ta- ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, but also a treatment. That's what surprised me because I was thinking, how do, you, how do you, if you're already pregnant, you're feeling terrible, it's all elevated. How would you deal with that? And the treatment is to block the effects of GDF-15 during pregnancy. They mentioned an antibody. I think you could probably also block possibly the receptors in the brain. Hoping that that would not have any damaging or deleterious effects on on the pregnancy or on the person taking the the pill. Well, it would be weighed against the damaging or deleterious effects of undergoing this during pregnancy yeah. on your child, right? You're, you're, um, you're losing fluids, your yeah. electrolytes are all off, you're not eating as you should be. So I think that's what physicians would be comparing and then making a decision based off that. But it is phenomenal news, again, for the 70% of, of people who go through this horribly debilitating experience as part of the pregnancy. Pregnancy should be, it's going to be hard enough. You don't yeah. need that. And this is a, a, this. Yeah, not adding nausea on top of it. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. awesome. So great news. All right, we're g- let me play you a couple sounds here, or clips of yeah. sound, yeah. and you tell me whether these chickens are happy or exasperated. <laughs> okay, that was the first. That was the second. This here comes the second one. <laughs> Wait, okay. Ha- I think the first ones were happy, and the second ones were exasperated is 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 that the frustrated. language let's just say frustrated but is exasperated the language that they use yeah, that, in the that was, study that was the word used yeah or frustrated as well this study is from the university of queensland they were looking into whether human beings can by just hearing the sound of a chicken understand its emotions and the 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 assumption beforehand was that we we possibly couldn't or what did the, did the data show that we, like most most people can there there is research on on human beings being able to understand the emotional expression of some animals, chickens were not included in that research. Now yeah. chickens have been included. This builds on research. It, yeah, that, that, that human beings can understand the way that animals express emotions. So they had a bunch of volunteers that were recruited. They're from their professional volunteers. So they are in the field of livestock. Okay. Either farmers or, yeah, they're in the field. And they were played these clips, 16 different recordings of these clips. Again, half these animals were happy, and half these animals were frustrated. Now, how do you do that? I was going to say, how do you frustrate okay, a chicken? Here we go. Here we go. They had a bowl with either worms or chicken feed, which is going to make the animals happy. So they they swing the door open. They make they play a beep or a buzzer first, and then swing the door open, and the chicken sees this reward. Hey, great! Those are happy chickens. After going through a number of trials, they know that a reward's coming. For the other chickens, it just sucks to be in this group. I mean, science has its, its tough sometimes for some groups. The other chickens, the door swings open, they get dust? <laughs> like, or, no, or nothing. Like a bowl full of and dust? And they just learn over time that the door swings open, they get dust. You know, so of course they're, they're angry. And over time, after enough recordings were built up, they played the two different recordings for these people. And 70% of the people listening knew or were, were able to, to correctly identify happy chickens and exasperated chickens. I feel like I could, I could identify that 
even without training. Yeah. Right? Well, that's the thing. So th not everyone in the group. So there were some professional volunteers in the group. Also, people with absolutely no experience yeah. with chickens were also able to immediately understand the emotional expression of chickens. Not everyone, 69%. And of the group, it was the older people who weren't as good. Right. And I'm assuming that might be because of just, you know, bad hearing. Pitch. That they weren't hearing as well. Pitch. The ability to hear pitch drops with age. Yeah. And speaking of which, we've talked on the show about a similar study, but with mammals. Yeah. And the question was, why, why can we tell that they're distressed? Generally, the answer was their calls go up in pitch. Yeah. And that's what we're referencing here. It, that it's built into their DNA. This, I mean, Darwin was talking about this in the 1860s and 70s, that it's part of the tree of life. Is species were, through adaptation, they learned how to vocalize emotions. And now cross-species, we're learning that we can do that as well. That's Because there is research on tree frogs, alligators, chickadees, ravens, African bush elephants, giant pandas, macaques, domestic pigs. We, we heard that study out of, I believe, Copenhagen or Denmark, Denmark yeah. where they are already using artificial intelligence to monitor these animals in their farms. And now this leads to possibly in the future, this, these kinds of assessments, vocal, vocal assessments being used to promote animal welfare or make it better. Because I think about it right now. This minute, 140,000 chickens were killed around the world. 202 million chickens every day are killed. There are a lot of chickens on farms. And if this kind of technology can be used to make sure that they're better, that their lives are better up until they're the final moment, then why not? Yeah, that is the future. And it's a better one for chickens. And on that note, or on the note of animal welfare, we talked about how I had two studies to talk about today. Mm. We have run out of time, unfortunately. Yeah. One of them is in my hand right here. And it is connected to Veganuary, which is a new thing for me, a new word f for me. I don't know if people Going out there... Going vegan through, throughout January. Trying it. Trying right. it out. Yeah. So if anyone is trying that now... Please send us an email and let us know how it's going because we're going to talk about one aspect of it in next our, week, right? yeah, in our next broadcast. Tell us if you're doing it or if you're not. Su at dw.com. And how about this? Also, what you think of vegans, right? Because that's that's actually that's, yeah, that's a better one. What do you think of people who eat a vegan diet? Take a second and picture a wise person. Uh, get, get that image in your head. A, a wise person. What do they look like? And How it, old? And how, how old is that person? Probably pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> At least in your mind's eye, right? Does wisdom... Do you have to be old to be wise? How, what is wisdom? How do you become wise? We're going to speak today to Judith Gluck from Klagenfurt, Austria, about those things. Science Unscripted. Yeah, hi, I'm Judith Glück. I'm a professor of developmental psychology here at the University of Klagenfurt in Austria. I'm a lifespan developmental psychologist, which means that I'm studying adult development more than children's development, and my particular field is wisdom development. So I'm interested in how people, how some people become wise. And Judith, how, how does wisdom relate to aging? 
<laughs> Unfortunately, it's kind of complicated. It's not, I mean, the, the kind of original idea that many people tend to have is that as we grow older, we also grow wiser. On the other hand, if you think about older people you know, not all of them are necessarily super wise. So there are some people who actually learn from experiences and learn things that make them wiser, and other people may learn other things that don't necessarily make them wiser. And we're really interested in why does who become wiser over time. Is it fair to say it, 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 it's a wash then, that we cannot say aging makes you wiser? Is that something we can say right now, right at the beginning? I think so, yes. You cannot say that aging in itself makes people wiser. It's specific experiences and especially the way you deal with those experiences and think about those experiences that can make you wiser. Okay. Uh, what is a wise person? If I were to call myself wise, what traits or characteristics would I possess? If you call yourself wise, the probability is high that you aren't quite that wise. <laughs> but generally, <laughs> uh, wise people are people who... Um, yeah, well, are able to take different perspectives on things and are also able to um, care about other people and um, put themselves into the shoes of other people. The whole premise of this discussion is that there is a, an objective definition of or agreement on what a wise person is. And coming into this conversation with you, Judith, I wasn't sure we had that. I, I don't know if people on the streets would, would be able to say that is wisdom and, and that isn't. So could you just clarify exactly what is a wise person? I'm not sure how, how fast I can do this because it's obviously a complicated uh, construct. There has actually been research on what people think wisdom is, like the people on the streets. And there's, it turns out there's quite some agreement. People don't necessarily have this full-fledged definition, obviously, in their minds. So a wise person has a lot of life experience. A, life, uh, a wise person has, shows self-reflection. And as I mentioned before, is able to look at, to, to accept and consider different perspectives on life. A wise person will be caring about the well-being of others, not just basically work for their own benefit. They will be empathetic with others um, and they will be good at regulating emotions. They will remain calm even in those situations where most of us will yeah, freak out. I'm almost certain that there's no quick fix for wisdom or gaining wisdom, but for somebody listening to this broadcast right now, are there, are there tips for developing some of the things that you've talked about today? Is there a way to, to think about the world and about experiences and living that would help? I think generally a good idea is to look into those situations that are difficult for us. Let's say you have a kind of ongoing conflict with a colleague or something or an ongoing difficult situation in a family. Then a good thing, a good idea is basically to just kind of Take a quiet moment and think about the situation. Try to take the other person's perspective. Try to look into the emotions you yourself are experiencing when you think about the situation and also try to imagine what the other person feels like. And that already, I think, can, can take people quite far in the direction of becoming a little wiser about a specific situation. And then obviously trying to look at oneself from the outside, right? Not just basically believe that you are right with everything that you believe in. Just thinking about, okay, how could people see things differently? I think we can go a long way with like little exercises that we can put for ourselves to become wiser. Let's say I have a limited amount of free time and I have to make choices about how and when to make myself more wise. And I've got a stack of books that I've been meaning to read. 
and this is based on the assumption, my prejudice, that books make you wiser. I, I kind of think <laughs> they do, maybe. So I can either do that or I can go out into a crowded bar and meet people and talk to them deeply and possibly understand their lives and where they're coming from. What should I do there to become more wise? Read the books or talk to people? I would definitely suggest you talk to the people. Um, there's a limited amount of research on what actually makes people wiser. But one, one I think, point that's quite clear by now is that um, you have to be able to relate to something relatively deeply for, for, for it to influence your level of wisdom. So if you just read this book and the book may be totally full, full of wisdom, but it doesn't, doesn't really touch anything in you, you just basically, well, you will remember it maybe on a kind of superficial level, but you won't really be able to change or to change your life because of that book. On the other hand, if you listen to a person, if you kind of develop a relationship with this person, then you may be able to learn something from that person that goes way beyond what you usually can learn from books, which is not to say wisdom cannot be learned from, from books, but only if the book kind of hits a spot in you that, that maybe has been waiting for, for something to be read or to be learned in, in some other way. Looking back on your life, can you remember a moment or an experience that you went through that made you wiser? <laughs> okay, that's a good one. I think this is a good question. We've actually asked people this question. And one thing I think that many people say, and I would also say has made me wiser, is being a parent and uh, seeing your children grow up and seeing how your children are in so many ways different from who you think they are and developing into people you uh, who are always kind of new and always kind of different from what you thought they would be, which is kind of humiliating in a, in a good way, I think, because it really shows you how little control you have over, over some things in life. And I think that's, that's an important experience for wisdom. You are a, a, a wisdom researcher. And I've never heard those those words paired together like that. And that I'm wondering when you walk around and you meet people, are you? Do you have those thoughts sometimes? You look at someone and you think, "Oh, sad." You know, <laughs> you made it to old age without without becoming wise. <laughs> okay, that's a good question. Um, I don't really usually um, apply my research to every person I meet. I sometimes have the opposite um, thing, the opposite experience, where I meet somebody and I think, "Wow, that's really that's really so interesting what this person is saying." Um, you know, I mean, actually, given that few people are really that wise, um, I don't really usually notice people not being wise. But I do sometimes uh, really enjoy meeting people who have something wise to say. That was Judith Gluck speaking to us from Klagenfurt, Austria, way down in the south of Austria. Mm -hmm. And Gabe, I'm going to take one of the questions I think you posed to her mm -hmm. and throw it right back at you. A moment in your life or experience in your life that you feel made you wiser? Dramatic pause. Have I, have I ever gotten wiser? <laughs> Probably, yeah, I, I think so. If there, I, don't, I, I don't know if there's a moment that made me wiser. Maybe you're wiser because you can, you, you can even come to that conclusion. I, what I found really interesting about what she said was that somebody who is wise, <laughs> you can't. You can't feel wise. Openness to experience, being able to, to, to deal with difficult situations. Empathizing, truly deeply empathizing with other people, being able to reflect on your own actions and behaviors, I, I think was part of it. And to yeah. probably, probably to realize your own fallibility. I mean, those are, those are definable things. Do you have a moment? Or, or, what or I, I, was there something that you went through in life that was hard and, and by going through it, you are now 
wiser? Uh, I was not hard. Well, I've had hard moments in my life, but what I immediately thought of was a my backpacking trip around the world where you're confronted with, first of all, the countries you're in, right? All these different, these various cultures you're experiencing for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Um, unexpectedly positive experiences there or unexpectedly negative. And then you're, at least in my case, in these hostels with the wildest range of people you've ever met. And for me, I think that... Um, that that what it's hard not to use a cliche opened my eyes you yeah. know to the countries of the world but it certainly um made me more aware of how unbelievably huge our our planet is and how incredibly different people are and how 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 um i guess in a constructive way how insignificant my little you know my little life is and and my country is i don't that's what came to mind but the fact mm. based on this discussion now that i'm considering that something that made me wiser maybe means it just made me more arrogant yeah we i've come a long way from beaver dam i grew up in a little town in wisconsin and now here i am in germany speaking into a microphone to all these people listening to me i don't know if i feel wise what is what is it what what is, for you at listening right now what is what is wisdom does it align with what Judith gluck said does it not let us know i would be fascinated to hear from you guys if you send us an email at dw su at dw yeah su at DW, made for minds.